Then you will truly be successful. Turn the page. And we know all things work together for the good. Gotta work together. The good. Gotta work together. Oh. And we know all things work together for the good. Gotta work together. The good to those who love God. He has word on your lips. To those who are called. Meditate on your According to his purpose, it's his purpose, not mine. And we know all things work together for the good. The good. And we know all things work together for the good. The good. To those who love God, to those who are called, according to his purpose, purpose, it's his purpose, not mine. Hey everybody, it is day 10 of our 90 day challenge and we are exploring purpose in every book of the Bible. We are back in the book of Numbers today. And I'm so excited. The topic for your consideration is death to your deadline. Numbers, the ninth chapter in the first verse through the 23rd verse reads in this way. The Lord spoke to Moses in the desert of Sinai in the first month of the second year after they came out of Egypt. He said, have the Israelites celebrate the Passover at the appointed time. Celebrate it at the appointed time, at twilight on the 14th day of this month, in accordance with all its rules and regulations. So Moses told the Israelites to celebrate the Passover, and they did so in the desert of Sinai, at twilight on the 14th day of the first month. The Israelites did just as the Lord commanded Moses. But some of them could not celebrate the Passover on that day because they were ceremonially unclean on account of a dead body. So they came to Moses and Aaron that same day and said to Moses, we have become unclean because of a dead body. But why should we be kept from presenting the Lord's offering with the other Israelites at the appointed time? Moses answered them, wait until I find out what the Lord commands concerning you. Then the Lord said to Moses, tell the Israelites, when any of you or your descendants are unclean because of a dead body or are away on a journey, they are still to celebrate the Lord's Passover, but they are to do it on the 14th day of the second month at twilight. They are to eat the lamb together with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. They must not leave any of it till morning or break any of its bones. When they celebrate the Passover, they must follow all the regulations. But if anyone who is ceremonially clean and not on a journey fails to celebrate the Passover, they must be cut off from their people for not presenting the Lord's offering at the appointed time. They will bear the consequences of their sin. A foreigner residing among you is also to celebrate the Lord's Passover in accordance with its rules and regulations. You must have the same regulations for both the foreigner and the native born. Verse 15. On the day the tabernacle, the tent of the covenant law was set up, the cloud covered it. From evening till morning, the cloud above the tabernacle looked like fire. That is how it continued to be. The cloud covered it and at night it looked like fire. 
Whenever the cloud lifted from above the tent, the Israelites set out. Wherever the cloud settled, the Israelites encamped. At the Lord's command, the Israelites set out and at his command, they encamped. As long as the cloud stayed over the tabernacle, they remained in camp. When the cloud remained over the tabernacle a long time, the Israelites obeyed the Lord's order and did not set out. Sometimes the cloud was over the tabernacle only a few days. At the Lord's command, they would encamp. And then at his command, they would set out. Sometimes the cloud stayed only from evening till morning. And when it lifted in the morning, they set out. Whether by day or by night, whenever the cloud lifted, they set out. Whether the cloud stayed over the tabernacle for two days or a month or a year, the Israelites would remain in camp and not set out. But when it lifted, they would set out. At the Lord's command, they encamped. And at the Lord's command, they set out. They obeyed the Lord's order and in accordance with his command through Moses. And that ends the reading of the word today. I was chuckling because literally I hear my mother as I read the book of numbers. My mother is a gem. She is God's heart on two legs. She is the most altruistic, selfless, anointed hugger I know. My mother is my safe place. She has been the person cheering me on the sidelines when I played baseball, softball as a Bulldogs middle school lefty pitcher. And she sat on every front row of every Broadway or off-Broadway show that I was doing in high school. My mother has come to every graduation. She has flown to every city and state where I've lived. My mother loves me and I love her. And still, there are times when my mother will call me and give me an instruction. When I was in high school, it happened all the time. She called, Sean, hey, how are you doing? I need a favor. Can you do me a favor? Can you go and get me uh, the orange just detergent under the sink? I need you to grab that for me real, real quick. Are you going to get it? I'd say, yes. She says, listen, I need you to go to the kitchen right now. Now look, it's underneath the sink. Now the detergent's underneath the sink, not over the sink, not to the left of the sink. I want you to walk into the kitchen. I want you to go down by the sink. There's only one sink. You can't miss that sink because it has a faucet on top of it. I would have had labeled sink, but I figured I didn't have to do that because you know where the sink is. Now, in front of that sink, not to the left or to the right, but underneath it, there is some detergent. Can you just reach your hand down there and let me know what you see? Do you see it? Okay, listen, it's to the left. It's not the white detergent, not the red detergent. It's the orange detergent. Did you get that? All right. You know what, Sean? FaceTime me because I need to know if you're in the right place. Are you in the kitchen next to the sink? Because I don't want you to grab the one that's in the back house. That's not for this house. The purpose of me asking you to get it now is because it's in the kitchen at the top of the stairs, not the bottom of the stairs. Because remember, the old house we used to have used to have some stairs you would to go down to get to the kitchen. Not that one. I want you to open it up right now and I want you to pull it out and I want you to tell me, do you see the t you know what? I don't even like the way you're responding to me right now. The way you responded makes me feel like I'm trying, I'm getting on your nerves. I didn't even do, I just woke up trying to see if I could help you with detergent. You the one that said Joy had no money as a college student. I'm trying to help you. You know what? You have a good day. Click. When I tell y'all, whenever my mother hears this story, I'm going to get a text message. If not right now, telling me, Sean, 
stop telling people all my business. <laughs> but when I read numbers, I hear my mother. Because when I read some chapters in the Old Testament, I'm reading like, Lord, we got it the first time. Like, why do you have to repeat? Do you see what we read today? How they would set out? How we overly said the same thing and the cloud stayed evening till morning. And when it lifted, they set out. We could predict how it was going to conclude because we heard it before. And I used to talk about how annoying that was as a child with a mother that would often repeat herself. And now that I have my own child, you know what's funny? <laughs> I find myself doing the exact same thing. Can I just have somebody to testify with me and say, I'm not alone. Look, text me, DM me, email me. Just let me know because right now I need a counseling session. I'm finding out that if I reap what I sow, typically the very thing I was annoyed about my mama for doing to me, I find myself actively, intentionally annoying my daughter doing the same thing with her. But now I get it because as a parent, I don't want to repeat myself. I have to repeat myself. Because there's been a trajectory, a timeline, an experience that every time I told it to you once and you did not bring me back what I asked for, I realized I had to delay my desires because of your misunderstanding of my requests. And now I'm starting to get the love of God in a different way, especially when it comes to purpose and assignment, because what we learned just yesterday is that an assignment has a deadline. Purpose does not. You can circle back around the mulberry bush next year and God will grant you favor and access because God does not have an expiration date on purpose. Assignment, however, has a deadline. And I think that the worst thing that a purposeful person can do is give God a gift that God didn't ask for. I think the worst thing that a purposeful person can do is to expend energy doing something God did not instruct them to do. So what does God do in the book of Numbers? To emphasize the seriousness of this request, he repeats himself. When reading the book of Numbers, I feel sometimes like God is overstating the point. But I actually now think that purpose-filled communicators would prefer to over-communicate and gain clarity than to under-communicate and cause confusion. Purposeful communicators would rather over-communicate to gain clarity than under-communicate and create confusion. Admittedly, this is not just true for numbers. This is true for the Old Testament in total. Sometimes I'm asking, like, why is it so important to say it twice? And then Jesus comes in the New Testament and says things like, verily, verily, <laughs> because he was trying to underscore the importance by repetition. And then I got the purpose point. The purpose point is, I know the purpose of repetition. Teachers repeat when students forget. Teachers repeat when students forget. Repetition is one of the greatest ways to teach because the more the lesson is repeated, the greater the likelihood that the student will remember it. Such is the case in numbers. 
I want you to look in your Bible and circle how many times you see at the appointed time. God commands Israel to observe certain feasts at certain times. He tells them when to depart a certain place and when to enter another space. Everything had an appointed time. In Numbers 9 and 2, as the Israelites are preparing for Passover, God says it again, celebrated at an appointed time, at twilight on the 14th day of this month. And I think most of us forget two key things as it pertains to our time. Firstly, God's grace is limitless. Our assignment is not. Secondly, our deadlines pale in comparison to God's timeline. So death to your deadline. Firstly, God's grace is limitless. Our assignment is not. Secondly, our deadlines pale in comparison to God's timeline. Whenever I was frivolous with my time, I was also unfruitful with purpose. Sometimes I rushed God and tried to make something happen when I wanted it to happen. But death to my deadline makes room for God's timeline. I want you to know, I want you to know that you know that you know that you know that God has appointed this time for you to do this activity. If not, your miscalculation can cause a permanent disruption with regard to those who are called to you in this season, getting what God has entrusted you with for them in this season. I want you to know that getting clarity from God about the when and the what will save you from having to do it over simply because you didn't hear him the first time. So as I prayed about the connection of numbers at the appointed time, repetition, being a tool for a teacher to teach the student how to learn and purpose, I found this lovely ebook online. I wanted to make a connection between this scriptural principle and some practical application. And the name of this book, you can type it in Google or you can write it down, is 15 Secrets Successful People Know About Time Management by Kevin Cruz. And it's so easy to access Audible, it's free. It's on YouTube. There's no excuse. And you can probably find the PDF if you do enough searching. But his 15 pieces of advice mixed with my takeaways from numbers gives me some really good information to execute purpose. First of all, he tells us to focus your minutes. Secondly, he encourages us to set daily priorities. Thirdly, he says, don't use to-do lists, create calendars. Fourth, he talks about beating procrastination with time travel. Fifth, make it home for dinner. Sixth, use a notebook. Seven, only check email three times a day. Eight, avoid long meetings at all costs. Nine, say no to almost everything. 10, follow the 80-20 rule. 11, delegate or outsource everything. 12, have work themes for days of the week. 13, Touch things only once. 14, have a consistent morning ritual. 15, don't think about time. Focus on energy. Now, listen, I know that might be too practical for some people who want a preaching point, but that preaches when you really apply the scriptures to your everyday life. Some of these may work for you. Some of them may not. But be sure that you go to the prayer room with strategies to complete your God-given assignment. 
Make sure that you also remember the quote that I shared with you all in worship in 66 is still relevant in purpose in 66. And it's by Bishop Rosie O'Neill. She said procrastination is the arrogant assumption that God owes you another chance to do something tomorrow. What he gave you a chance to do today. Procrastination is the arrogant assumption that God owes you another chance to do tomorrow. What he gave you a chance to do today. So my takeaway after reading the book of Numbers is this. God not only cares about what you do, God also cares about when you do it. Is it a deadline of desire? Or is it an appointed time where God has anointed you? You need to make the difference. Because the Goliath of procrastination is trying to convince you to hit the snooze button in life. It's also trying to get you to remove yourself from the relevancy of this moment. No, pronounce death to my deadlines and yes to his timelines. Do what God says at the appointed time because the enemy of your soul wants you to watch one more episode of meaningless television so that you will put off tomorrow what you need to be doing today. Your obedience of God's request is greater than what you can see or know. Some things are time sensitive. So do it now because this is the appointed time. All right, y'all. So your purpose project today is to make a list of these deadlines and then separate the ones that are rooted in your desire ego from those that are connected to the assignment for this activity or season. Then I want you to visit www.quickread.com and download that audiobook I just referenced, 15 Secrets Successful People Know About Time Management by Kevin Cruz. And then bring all of this into your prayer room and ask God to eliminate whatever details, dates, and deadlines that are not consistent with this timeline. Finally, remember that God wants you to do it when God says it, not just when you want to. So Father, thank you for this day. My simple prayer is this, Lord, write your to-do list on the tablet of my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lord, I love your word. Everything else is going down but the word. If you know it, sing it. Go. Say right them on the right This is the Bible, y'all. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me will forever be fruitful indeed. I am the way, the truth and the light. No one gets to the Father except that He comes through me. So let not mercy. Forsake me, forsake me, let not mercy and truth forsake me, forsake me. Let's go to the top, y'all. Hey. 
word of I hid in my heart that I may not sin against you right then. Because I got your word in my heart. I'm only in love with you. I am the way. I am the way. The the no one gets no to, one the to the Father except that He comes through me. On the tablets of my heart Please throw away my to-do list I want no parts Trust in the Lord with all your heart Yeah, trust in the Lord with all your mind Trust in the Lord with all your strength Trust in the Lord.